0: Now I'm in such a special place here with a team where I feel like we have a Super Bowl roster. As long as we just put things together, I think we can win any game that's in front of us. And it's, it's inspiring to be around guys who just come in and work, and they're just riding the wave of that day. I was, you know, when, when you play with a team that's you know, so up and down, sometimes you're trying to project the future too much but um coming here with a team where they know every day can be a different challenge and you just come in you attack that day then the next day will come when it comes it allows you to freely work and to have fun again and uh i think i'm just really having fun with the game again
1: Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Cy Amundsen. I'll be sitting in this week. Across from me, a guy who sits in every week, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Corso is producing on the microphone and to the left of him, Jay Nelson producing off the microphone. We got a lot. To talk about today, Chris, we got to break down the giant bummer that was Sunday in Kansas City. We got to look ahead to a huge opportunity in Dallas on Sunday night. We're going to play a little fill in the blank, and I think we're going to talk to Eric Smith. That is right. That is right. Well, let's, without further ado, let's dive, let's get the pain out of the way immediately. It was interesting not only to watch the game on Sunday, but also watch people react to the game. Because I try to stay off Twitter. I try to stay off social media <laughs> during the games and after the games. And this is one that I didn't. And I immediately was like, well, that was a mistake. Yeah. This, there was a lot, of, a lot of hot, harsh takes. Uh, here, here's the thing that I took away from the game. And you tell me how stupid I am. I a lot of people were trying to find damning information about one part of the game, one side of the ball, one particular player, one particular scheme, something like that. To me, and I know this sounds silly, and I'm not trying to be a homer here, but to me, the mistakes that happened in this game were mistakes that, Pretty consistently happen in football games throughout the NFL every single week. It's just, in, and, and this isn't an excuse, I'm just saying the way I viewed what happened. Yep. The mistakes just happen to happen at really inopportune times. I mean, it's not unusual for a punter every few weeks to shank a kick 27 yards. It's not unusual to miss an extra point. It's not unusual to have Garrett Bradbury, a rookie, Kind of blank for a moment and realize this isn't college and get a little too far down the field and take away a big play. But they all just seem to happen at these moments that were crucial. And then you throw a fifty-four yard field goal outdoors on top of that. And it's just it's the right combination for a tough loss.
2: Yeah, I agree, Cyan. Twenty-six twenty-three, we're right there till the end. And it was Kirk Cousins who went down the field and gave us the 23-20 lead to Kyle Rudolph on a third down and third and goal, which was a huge play for Kirk coming from behind in, at the end of the game. I think the big thing in this game was the big plays that the Vikings defense allowed, one being a crucial 91-yard run where a blown assignment happens on Damian Williams. And you do not see that out of this Vikings defense. They hadn't given up one rushing touchdown since week three. Not yeah. one rushing touchdown. That's another, not a, like, ya- worst time possible. Yeah, not a one-yard run, not a two-yard run, not a five-yard run. It, it hadn't happened since week three. And a 91-yard 90, run on what seemed to be just a missed assignment, which you do not see. I've been here for five years now. I don't think I've seen many missed assignments like that on a 91-yard touchdown, and that's what happened in this game. So some just uncharacteristic plays by the Vikings' defense letting up big plays, and then a few gaffes with about two minutes left in the game where big moments where it just didn't come through for the Vikings.
1: Let me play the other side of that for you, because I I, I know what you're saying, but also I have come, like, the thing that I really, really appreciate about Zimmer is this team can give up some big plays. This is, since he has started here, this isn't a smother you to death sort of defense. This is a, we will give you a little, we are going to play our scheme. We obviously don't want to give up big plays, but if they happen, we can clamp down. So give it, the run was abnormal, yes. But seeing a guy like Tyreek Hill go up and put up 140 yards, I mean, he's just the fastest man on earth. I mean, what was that? On, the, on that same run, to see Tyreek Hill run past him was hilarious. You're like, what? are his feet on actual fire? It was nonsense. 22 off Mike, producer Jay giving me the 22.6 miles <laughs> per hour is how fast he was running, which is... But anytime they show that stat, by the way, I think of that great scene in The Office where Michael's outside on the street running by the the mile per hour sign.
2: Oh, that's that's yeah. <laughs> but so
1: to, not not to disagree with you, but I, the run sucked. But get, there were some big plays that the defense gave up. I didn't think they were overly uncharacteristic. And and to go a little bit further, when you, I know it was Matt Moore and not Patrick Mahomes, but huge credit to the defense, because think about when you play a guy like Andy Reid. Andy Reid, who I like to poke fun of all the time for his shirts and his affinity for barbecue. I The dude is an all-time schemer. I mean, this is one of the upper—had he won a Super Bowl, you would talk about him as easily one of the greatest 100%. coaches in the history of football. So you got to think, when you're going in there, no matter who— the quarterback is, it's going to be a tough task. And and so when you're playing against a, a, an offense like that and you're tr- this defense predicates themselves on getting home, getting to the quarterback, making them make fast decisions, well, when you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Damian Williams, you have these big weapons... You can't bring the house every single time. You have to try to get home with 4, which is a difficult thing. And somehow the defense got home in the second half. And god, we're a, a, a land on a fumble away from winning that football game. Yep. So so even
2: weatherly at the end of the game there with a huge that was a huge play. Yeah. So that's
1: and that's so that's what I'm saying when I say it's like I I'm not even going to pin that on the defense. And then, you know, I I would say going back to your Kirk point, I think You get a lot of people who Kirk is going to be the lightning rod for this team every single week. He plays great, he's going to hear it. He plays poorly, he's going to hear it. I think it is a frustrating thing to watch a team start a game with two three-and-outs and finish a game with two three and outs. That that's is a, that's a great point. That is a difficult thing. I can understand why fans would be frustrated by that. I guarantee you, the guys who are playing the game are frustrated about that. But again, you still had your opportunities. and I'll, I'll throw this one at you. Had we, let's say we'd won that Green Bay game, right? And this is this is why I came to feel how I felt about about this loss. If we had won that Green Bay game, and I know you don't get to play what if? But if we had won that Green Bay game, and we roll into this week and we have this game happen. I think you walk away going, God, that was a weird game. Just everything, everything except that kickoff fumble didn't go our way, but sometimes that's football. But I think having lost an important game in Green Bay, it made this one feel more important with Mahomes out, and so you just have a little more of a sour taste in your mouth.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, and Green Bay, if they would have lost uh, if they would have lost that game to us, then we're the ones sitting a game in front of them with the tiebreaker where they're sitting right now, so it's tough to look back. It's tough to look back at that Chicago game where the offense didn't get going. Obviously Kirk hears it here and there for those three games, but in October he was the best offensive player in the NFC, which is why it's tough for some of these fans to go back and forth and they're on his side then they're not on his side. He's thrown for 46 touchdown passes in this season and a half, a little over that that he's been here. That's pretty darn good. So I know it doesn't always happen in the opportune moment moments that we're looking for, didn't happen this past week now he has another chance to prove it against Dallas and and he did it without adam like he did not have number 19 on the field and speaking to him this week earlier in the week one of the things that he noted was the Kansas City Chiefs desti- decided at the beginning of the game that they were going to take away number 14 stephon dix well, yeah. so they had a second safety pretty much hovering over the cornerback, waiting to to go wherever Diggs went, and that's what happened. Diggs had one catch for four yards, so that made Kirk then turn to a a Laquan Treadwell for 58 yards in the game and Ola B.C. Johnson and and Amir Abdullah, who we're going to hear from soon. So um, I think he did a pretty good job in getting these other secondary targets involved. Um, So I'll give him that. But in that last two minutes and the last two drives, and the first two drives, like you noted, um, he had a tough time.
1: Well, I, I don't think we have to give or take anything away from him. I, and I, here's what I'll say. I'll be I'll play the role of regular Viking fan guy for a second, uh, because I think that the and I'm the guy who like when when he showed up at, at the presser at, at the Super Bowl, I was like, sign him right now, and I, I'm still. <laughs> I, I'm a believer. I'm a Kirk believer. But I think the conversation that's being had and the conversation that continues to be had is you have, no matter what you say about October, this game, A, it's the most recent and B, it's the best team. So it, that's always going to be the situation. And, and here's the good news about Kirk. If you're one of the people who's listening right now and you have a negative opinion, you have a concerned opinion, you have a worried opinion, let me tell you the facts. Coming up, we have a who's who of teams that people think he can't beat. It's a, we, ha, we are Sunday night football, which we're going to talk about against the Cowboys. Yep. We have in Seattle on Monday night football. And then you have the Packers and the Bears to close the season, most likely with the playoffs on the line. So anybody who's sitting at home worrying about the quarterback right now, just take a breath, enjoy the game against Dallas, hope he kicks their ass, and assess it later because yes. there, there's there's nothing that you can do. And and I, I'm I want the team to win. I'm always concerned. I'm always cr- critical. I'm always positive, but you have an opportunity here to like, in my opinion, his entire tenure as a Vikings quarterback, and this is a good thing, has led up to this moment. You are 6-3. and As of right now, the Vikings are 6th in the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, they are in, which that means we control our own destiny. So how we perform in these last seven games, us, no one else, how we perform will dictate whether we're playing postseason football. The last year and a half has led us to right here, and let's sit back, enjoy it, and hope that he... Starts by kicking the cowboy's ass. On the digs point, as I just turn into Colin Cowherd here and I'm monologuing like <laughs> you it's You came some in hot today. I love Vikings. It. Ted Talk. people tweet at me a lot. You
2: came in hot and I like that.
1: The thing that, like, I always try to say that about people. Like, I thought Diggs, I mean, Diggs is on the field. We did one of these on the pick six mailbag. He was on the field for 63 of 71 plays, and I bet he was doubled for 63 of those 63 plays. And sometimes, if you are old enough to remember actually watching Randy Moss, it is just as valuable to take the top off the defense and open it up for everybody underneath.
2: And they were this close to having Diggs on a deep pass earlier in the game. Kirk just met. You got to hit that.
1: And Kirk... He has to hit that yeah. pass. So. That's that's the one thing I will say about Kirk. I will say in in the in a couple of the important games, and I don't think he's nervous. I don't think he's scared. I think he's pumped. I think he geeks himself up and he's ready to go out and let's go, let's roll, and he just gets a little excited. That's that's the only that 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 was one I saw a lot this weekend, and I go, I think that's pretty valid, you yeah. know, and. Honestly, I'd rather have a guy that's overly geeked up than a guy who's like, "Oh no, it's the Chiefs." <laughs> so, I can live with that. But on the digs point, you know, with him taking the top off the defense. I mean, how often are you going to see a fullback get up the field on a 30-40 yard pass? You know, how often are you going to see the the third string running back flying up the field, your fourth-string wide receiver who was cut at the beginning of the season be your leading wide receiver. and People might say, well, that's because we couldn't get Diggs the ball. I think that's because of how good a job Diggs did pulling the defense up.
2: Absolutely, and one of those guys who really contributed in the game was Amir Abdullah. He had his first Vikings touchdown in his career here, his first since like 2017 in the NFL. Let's hear from under center with Kirk Cousins where Amir Abdullah joined this week.
1: When you're not doing production in L.A. in the offseason and you have your, your day job of playing football, yep. talk a little bit about your journey as an NFL player. Uh, like many of us, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, twists and turns. Talk about coming out, you know, being a highly ranked player, second-round pick, going to Detroit, and kind of your journey that has brought you now to where you are as a Viking uh, and, and had a now multiple-year career.
0: Yeah, I would say my career's taught me just to keep going, just keep going. Um, life can change tomorrow for the good or for the bad, and it's about how you attack whatever's coming next. For me, I came in, like you said, I was a second-round pick, had a, a really good rookie year, second year, second game, hurt for the season, didn't mm-hmm. have any production. Third year you come in and, you know, Coaches had changed actually we we start off one and seven my rookie year wow um I hope you guys never experienced that kind yeah. of atmosphere I've but been a part NFL? of three
1: and thirteen and four <sighs> and twelve it's, it's rough, and, uh, you know? it starts it's it really gets to you so I can it's, only imagine
0: oh man it's you know it's rough um so a lot of the guys who brought me in were gone, and um younger in my career, i used that used that as an excuse too many times oh the guys who i who drafted me weren't there, so I kind of you know. I feel like fell off a little bit in a lot of things. I sure. feel like I needed to stay on, and that's the that roller coaster of the league that I appreciate now because now I'm in such a special place here with the team where I feel like we have a Super Bowl roster. As long as we just put things together, I think we can win any game that's in front of us, and it's, it's inspiring to be around guys who just come in and work and they're just riding the wave of that day. I was, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you play with a team that's you know so up and down, sometimes you're trying to project the future too much. But um, coming here with a team where they know every day can be a different challenge, and you just come in, you attack that day, then the next day will come. When it comes, it allows you to freely work and to have fun again, and uh, I think I'm just really having fun with the game again.
1: It's a really great point that he makes at the end there, because this organization and this team is one that has put themselves in a position to bounce back quickly from something like this, and we're going to have Eric Smith come in here, but one more point I'll make about this game and about Adam Thielen, who I'm a little, you know, obviously, I am a worrier and hamstrings worry me, but having a game where Laquan Treadwell builds a little confidence, Amir Abdullah builds a little confidence, you have now started to, in the second half of your season, build a little depth that's gonna be extremely important when you uh when you play against th- these these good teams down the stretch.
3: The one thing I was gonna say is That's exactly what I was thinking in your previous conversation here. Think of the depth now in offense with the amount of weapons that we've actually started to utilize between Rudolph, Irv Smith, Amir Abdullah, Madison, Cook, and then down through the wide receivers that we have at this point. The amount of bodies that are starting to contribute no matter what happens means as you make your run deeper in the year, it's going to have an effect on everybody and knowing that you're not going to slip when somebody else walks in the door and has to pick up, you know, the ball and keep running with it with this team. So it just showcases what they've done offensively, in getting everybody up to speed and making sure everybody knows how to contribute.
1: Absolutely, and and to, to pile on top of that, it's pretty rare in the NFL to have a team that is paying great salaries to star players across the board and can build depth. So you really might have a unique situation here and that's one thing we haven't even talked about and before we bring Eric on all this will be my last point. Alexander Madison made one of the best catches. I've and it was out of bounds, but think of think of what that and I might be being overdramatic, but if you're a, if you're a defensive, coordinator that's about to play the Vikings and you got to deal with all these guys and now you know holy I have to worry about a the second running back making a toe tapping over his shoulder like what do they have Chris Carter as their backup running so I think just having these guys start to perform at this point in the season it sucks to not have Thielen but I can look at that as as one of the few positives from Sunday
2: absolutely and there were a lot of players who filled in Amir being one of them Great to hear his story about how he came from the Lions. T- terrible injury earlier, in, early in his career, and um, comes and makes an impact. You, you hear the quarterback obviously taking recognition of of guys like Amir Abdullah. But all right, let's move on from the loss. And we're going to go to the fill-in-the-blank segment. We welcome in Vikings Fill-in-the-blank. Te- <laughs> That's right. I'm
1: a human button bar. <laughs> you, I love it.
2: We bring in Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm going to uh, lead the discussion here and let you guys kind of fill-in-the-blanks so for So you us.
1: say a sentence and we finish it.
2: That is exactly what fill-in-the-blank is. Look at me.
1: <laughs> I went to college, so <laughs> about five years.
2: Number one. The Vikings' last seven games are. So we look at the schedule, and we're asking for the record in those seven games? Is that, is that, yeah, that's what we're going to, that's what it's I'm going to ask. It's fill in
1: the blank. We get to fill it in however, we oh, right. uh, uh, it's, you were real critical of me a second ago <laughs> to then dictate exactly how okay. we fill in the blank. The I just, Vikings' last Eric, seven you games are. in however you want. Give, I will do yeah. that. You're up first. There
4: you go. The Vikings' last seven games are blank. They are daunting but doable. And Ooh, alliteration! Alliteration, yes. Uh, record. I will go. I'll go eleven and five for the. Uh, I like that. Eleven so, and five end of the year. Yep.
1: I am. Uh, I'm going to say the, and I, I touched on this a little earlier, but I'm going to say the last seven games are defining, uh, because you're at a point with this team, and it's it's everywhere a Viking fan wanted you to get to, where you have a stretch run to be either a division-winning or a playoff team. You've built the defense for the past five years. You've built the offense for the last few years. And you went and got the quarterback, and now everything is right here. And not only—obviously, I want to be in the playoffs. But I look at the Patriots schedule and it's like the Jets and the Toledo Mudhens and you know a bunch of junior college teams. To me, this is the schedule that I want this team to play. Because let's say you do go five and two, let's say you drop two of the difficult games, let's say you let's say you lose in Dallas and in at the Chargers, just because playing away from home is difficult. I'm just throwing two out. I don't care. Pick whichever ones you want. But that means you do have to go get a Seattle. You do have to go get a Green Bay. You're playing four playoff teams down the stretch here. And in football, I like any team that is battling in the second half of the season. And with that, set, like, it's set up really great to go two tough games here, specifically with Dallas, and then into the bye and then to battle down the stretch. Having a late bye, and then four games, three of which are very difficult opponents for us generally, and one's on the road outdoors. I just, I really love how it's set up, but I would say they're defining. I think after that Chicago game, we're going to be able to look and go, this is how that went. And that's a great place to be in.
4: Yeah, we're, if we're going to make the playoffs, we're going to have to earn it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a good point, Sai. Absolutely.
2: Looking at the last remaining seven games, it's at Dallas this week, then at home against Denver. I like our chances there. The bye week, then you have at Seattle a tough game on Monday Night Football, home against Detroit at the Los Angeles Chargers, and then you wrap up at home against Green Bay and Chicago. To question number two, the Green Bay Packers, who are currently at 7-2, and two, what will they finish? We'll let Eric go first. We'll on this finish
1: one. blank. Let me read the teams <laughs> quick. Carolina by Niners, at the Niners, at the Giants, Washington home, Chicago
4: home, at Minnesota, at Detroit. I'm gonna go the same record that I think we're gonna finish with. Both teams are gonna finish 11 and five. Wow. I now this is where everybody's gonna get really
1: mad at me. I I just think everything is set up for them to be. One of the top two seeds, I think they they could very easily finish 12 and four, if not 13 and three. They get Carolina at home, which is really really helpful this time of year. And I love the Niners, I do, and that's a hell of a difficult game. But let's see who the Niners are in two weeks as they start playing their own division and some really difficult teams. But let's say you split those two. Now you're at you're at eight and three. They're going to beat the hell out of the Giants. They're going to beat the hell out of Washington. They're going to probably embarrass Chicago. So now, if we beat them, that's your second loss, and you got to hope for Detroit to beat them right then and there to push them to 11. And despite. Them feeling all angry about refs. I don't. I don't know. I. I think they're in a good situation, and I. It wouldn't surprise me if they finished twelve and four or thirteen and three. No, it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Um, but that's here. Listen to me, Viking fans. God, how sweet is it going
2: to be to watch them lose after a bye? I can see them losing at us. San Francisco. I see them losing at. Minnesota. I see them losing at Detroit, so I definitely have three there that they lose. That did would make watch, them eleven. Did you, did
1: you watch the last play of the Lions game last week when Matt Patricia <laughs> called a, a fourth down pass and had his two star receivers out?
2: The Lions play them tough at home. They always do. It's a division game. I can see them playing spoiler right there.
1: Yeah, I, I can see Matt Patricia uh, doing cartwheels across it's the field
2: too. It's happening.
1: I mean, I hope so. You. I hope so. I love it. I, I love being wrong about stuff like this. <laughs>
2: All right, number three. The key to a successful Vikings offense is...
4: Balance. I looked up a stat on Monday after the Chiefs game. Um, we're towards the, the bottom of the league in terms of pass percentage. Uh, we only we're or almost a 50-50 split. And in that Chiefs game, we only ran the ball 40% of the time. I think uh, we are skewed towards the pass a little bit. Uh, I think if we run the ball a lot and we run it well, that sets up the play action and, and deep shot downfield. Uh, yeah, I think we've got to pound the ball and, and be balanced.
2: What do you think,
1: Si? Uh, I'm going to go with unpredictability. I think in today's NFL, especially you watch the coaches who are successful, Belichick forever, uh, McVay last year, and now specifically Kyle Shanahan, my favorite thing in the league is when you see teams passing out of heavy sets and running out of light sets. I've loved the underneath screens to Rudolph. I've loved the underneath screens to, underneath screens to, to Cook. And, and by that same token, I, and I haven't dove deep into the metrics, this is all I test here. I think when we run out of three wide receivers, which we're not in three wide receivers a ton, but when we run out of it, it's successful. It's silly to say, but very few football teams have an array of weapons that they can do that. And this team does. So if they do their best to remain unpredictable, I think that's that's the best thing that can happen.
2: And that's what Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski always says. He enjoys when the Vikings offense is multiple. For that reason, my fill-in-the-blank is Dalvin. So if Dalvin plays well, Kirk plays well, because that play action that Kirk is in all the time, he – for some reason, when he's in play action, he just gets in a rhythm and he throws a dart to whoever he's throwing the ball to, and I love to see it. So when Dalvin plays well, the Vikings run the ball 51.6% of the time, which is the third most in the league, and the reason why they do that is because of Dalvin Cook. Number four, the only remaining undefeated team, the San Francisco 49ers, what record will they finish with this season? They play Seattle, Arizona and Green Bay at home then they go to Baltimore and New Orleans both on the road. Then they're at home against Atlanta and the Los Angeles Rams and they finish off at Seattle. So Cy, the San Francisco 49ers what record they're going to have?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea and I think I'll have an idea of who they'll be after this game against Seattle It says this a lot that you have no idea. I don't. I mean I, I just make stuff up constantly but <laughs> the crazy thing is, you remember when I said if the Vikings have to go through these teams to get to the playoffs? If the, if the 49ers go 5-3 and three, down the stretch here and they, have, they are in in the playoffs with, with a, uh, a 13-3 record, most likely a first round bye, if not home field advantage, and they faced this lineup yikes Look out! I, got?
4: I said they are going to go thirteen and three. They they've proven it so far. Kind of like us, they're going to have to earn it. You know, they got some good teams on what left of their schedule.
2: I have the 49ers at twelve and four, losing a couple tough games on the road to Baltimore, New Orleans, and at Seattle. And there's a couple games in there. I think they they lose one. So all right, last one. The road to the Super Bowl will go through
4: who in the NFC? I'm saying New Orleans. You know, they only have one loss right now. Their division is not very good this year. Um, you know, they they still have to play the Falcons twice. You know, they, uh, they they do have to play the Niners at home. Um I think their schedule just sets up favorably. And it seems like every few years, New Orleans has the number one seed, and I see it happening again this year.
1: It's pretty simple. Uh, it's whoever wins that New Orleans-San Francisco game. The three teams that are vying for it play each other. Green Bay gets San Francisco and San Francisco, and then San Francisco do- goes to New Orleans. But with three weeks to play, whichever team knocks the other team off and has the, has the head-to-head advantage, because I, I think it's very, very likely that they could end up with the same records. Right.
2: I'm saying watch out for Seattle as well. Oh, you're a dumb person. I'm uh, saying watch out for Seattle. I'm throwing them in there. Yeah, well,
1: we'll we'll watch out for that.
2: All right, since we have Eric here, um, we will move on to preview the Vikings at Dallas game, and then we're going to finish up with some fan voicemails. So, um, looking at this Vikings-Dallas game, as Cy said earlier, 7.20 p.m. Sunday night football. If you want to ask Kirk Cousins to have a big game on primetime in the biggest stadium in the NFL, this is where you're going to want to see it happen. So, Cy, what, what are you expecting from this game, and what is your X factor that you're kind of looking at for the Vikings to win this game?
1: The one thing that I like about it is, you know, a, a, a pretty under-discussed thing in the NFL is how teams are built and and what home field advantage really, truly means. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, the Eagles go down and get they, get, they come here, they get destroyed, right? Then they go down to Dallas, they get destroyed. Everybody goes, the season's over because they're going to Buffalo. Buffalo's got one of the best defenses in the league. And if you stop for a minute, you went, well, let's, let's break this down. The Eagles play outdoors. They're very clearly built to play outdoors. So their only loss at home was the Lions, and, God, they just gave that game to the Lions every chance they had. When they played in domes, like I said, we, we thrashed them, the Cowboys thrashed them, and the Falcons really kind of embarrassed them if you now look at what sort of Falcons team this is. So they go outdoors on, in an environment, even though it's not a home game. They are built for the outdoors in their home. They go to the Bills, and they put a stomping on. Furthermore, they did it outside in Lambeau. Right? So I think when you talk about this team, I'm not saying we're only built for a dome or we can't play outdoors, but I'm saying... We are going to play in an environment that is like our environment. So I like the matchup a little bit better than I did when we went to Kansas City. We can get fast. We can move. A lot of the stuff that our offense is predicated on is going to be easier to
4: execute down there. Yeah, our team and mostly our defense plays so much better on turf, so so much faster. Uh, I think the area I'm looking forward to watching is um, on third down. You know, Dallas is very good on third down. Their offense is actually number one. They're completing like 50% of their third downs. Uh, The defense is number two. We're going to have to make plays. I I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Uh, The Vikings talk a lot about being good in the final 10 minutes of the game. Uh, That wasn't the case necessarily in Kansas City, and I think we're eager for a chance to to change it up on uh, Sunday night.
2: Dallas is entering week 10, leading the NFL in yards per game total for, for over 430 yards per game. And passing, they've been unbelievable, 8.4 yards per passing play. So what what does the Vikings defense need to do to kind of slow down Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper? I mean, Coach Zimmer, he touched on it this morning. He he said there's multiple weapons on this Cowboys offense that, that they need to stop. Wrong question, Chris. I think the right question (laughs) is... What's wrong about that? I just think it's the
1: wrong way to look at it. I'm not saying you're a moron. I just think it's like...
2: I just backed it with stats. You're a moron, (laughs)
1: Chris. No, no. I I just wanted to offer a different different viewpoint of it. You you hit it. It doesn't matter who they play. They yep. put up yards. So this defense throughout the season has come and they've played. They've played good offenses. They've played bad offense. They've, they've done what they've done. They're going to do that again. Yes, if we can go out and pick off Dak three times, that's a game changer. But you have to expect we're going to play them really tough, yep. but they are going to put some points on the board. So to me, as opposed to saying, what does this defense have to do to stop this offense – I'm thinking, what does this offense have to do? How does this offense have to play to compete in this game? Because to me, this game is more like the Lions game. you got to understand, they might put up 30 points. Do I think they will? No, Zimmer's a beast. But... That could happen, especially if a mistake happens in a different phase of the game. You throw a pick. You fumble a kick. Something happens where you give easy points or easy points away. You might wind up in a situation where this isn't quite a shootout, but I would love to see the mentality that we saw in the Eagles game and in the Lions game. And honestly, I think we will because in both those games, you had an offense that you're like, if we let off the gas here, we're in a lot of trouble. So, yes, I hope hope the defense holds them to 10 points. I'm expecting the Cowboys' offense to be good, and I hope to combat that. We have a good scheme, and we're pedal to the metal against their defense.
4: Yeah, and I think we have the the horses on offense to do that this year. But yeah, you know the offense has shown, especially during during that four game winning streak. You know, I think they had like 130 points in four games. Like, yep. y- You you have to score points to win. You know, I, I like I know we like being a hard nosed and and gritty defensive minded team, but. You have to score too, and yeah, I, I would agree with that. They gotta, they're gonna have to outscore them at, at some point.
1: Well, when you start talking about about Super Bowl teams, let's talk about what you said. When you start talking about Super Bowl teams, they all have some sort of interesting calling card, right? And to me, you you just touched on what could be this team's right. We are a gritty, hard nosed team. That's how Zimmer has built this team. He wants to pound them. He wants to run. He wants to do all these things, but also. You have two of the best wide receivers in the league. You have great tight ends. So you're you're at this point where when you talk about the last stretch of games against important teams, you start going, can this thing come together? Can it be... A gritty, tough, grind them out, beat them down defense with an offense that, uh oh, we just scored three times in seven minutes. The, and that's a Super Bowl team. That's not a playoff team. That is a Super Bowl team. It's you, you look at, I know they lost last week, but the Patriots have a fantastic defense and Tom Brady. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. These things that are almost unreplicatable throughout the league. No one else in the league has a gritty, pound you, drive you down, keep you from scoring defense, and insane offensive weapons. So if we can pull it together on that side of the ball,
4: whew. I think the potential is there. You know, like you said, we have all the pieces, you know, the wide receiver, you know, Dalvin. Um, it's all there. We've just we got to go do it.
2: Let's also keep in mind this was a Dallas Cowboys team that lost to the New York Jets two weeks ago. So hopefully we can come on in.
1: Great, Chris. Why don't you just say that there's no, no chance they're ever going to win a our game around. Defen-
2: keep defense, in mind. Our defense played unbelievable against Dak and the entire, most of this offense was there other than Amari Cooper. On a color rush game, I believe it was 2 Three years ago now but a lot of the pieces were very similar especially the offensive line as well so I like the way this Vikings defense matches up I know that that this offense is scoring a lot of points this year I like our chances looking at the defensive side of the ball 318 yards per game is what this Dallas defense allows they're led by Robert Quinn who has six and a half sacks this year DeMarcus Lawrence is another pass rusher Um, what do you see from this Cowboys defense Eric that uh,
4: really stands out yeah, I think you mentioned it. The defensive ends, Quinn and Lawrence. Um, I kind of watched their game against the Giants the other night, and they were they were all over the place. Um, they have long cornerbacks. Um, you know, Zimmer mentioned that this morning. They got long cornerbacks who can athletic guys who can run, um, and their and their linebackers are good. Their linebackers are good. Uh, Leighton Vander I don't think he played last week, but he's a beast in the middle. And yeah, they're good. I mean, it's it's gonna be a tough game.
1: I would argue that they their defense has, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, who put on a show against them, they have played a collection of turds wrapped in other turds. Uh, they played the Jets. They've played the Dolphins. Correct? Didn't they play the Dolphins? I believe they have. Yep, they, they beat the they've Dolphins. They played their own division, so they played the Giants twice. Once with Eli. So I. They I, played uh, New Orleans without Breeze. They played New Orleans without Breeze. Twelve ten game that was. So and I'm not. I'm not disrespecting the defense. I expect the defense to be very good. But when I've actually watched Dallas play. I think you can get the ground game going against them. And I think when you get the ground game going against them, especially when you have the best running back in the NFL, you can pretty easily get the pass game. To me, you could say their first real test, other than Aaron Rodgers, was the Eagles game, but that game went, that was just one of those weird sideways mistake turnover driven that got out of control immediately and they couldn't come back from. So this, this might be a, a top defense in the league, but I'm curious to see what they do with Delvin Cook coming up the field against them.
2: All right. Well, the Vikings take on the Dallas Cowboys at 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC Sunday Night Football. You'll have the whole crew, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya. It'll be fun to watch. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. Do we not us. do predictions? We don't do predictions? You want to predict? Ahead, me, I want you guys to do predictions. All right. Let's do it, Eric. You uh, go first. All right. Um,
4: I'll predict the Vikings win. 30- to 27. Ooh, I like it,
3: Chris Corso.
2: I think I'm going to say 21-14, to Vikings. Ooh,
3: he likes the low scoring. Jay? Uh, I think it's going to be 23-17. Um, what I want to see happen is I want to see, like Green Bay did, yeah. and jump on them early and force them to have to beat your defense. I like that. That's what I want to see, and I'm, I'm saying 23-17. I
2: like that, and I don't do predictions, so we'll see you guys next week. All right, we'll thank Eric Smith, Vikings team reporter, for joining and helping with fill-in-the-blank and helping preview the Dallas Cowboys game on Sunday night. Before we go, we have some fan voicemails. And the fan quest- voicemails! <laughs> there we go. The, so this will be size first interaction with these fans, and these are our, heart, our hardcore fans. Good. The question was, what record do the Vikings finish with if you have them making the playoffs? What seed will they be? The first one is from Jose in Mexico. That's awesome that we have fans in Mexico. Let's hear what he has to say.
5: Hey, so my name is Jose Sanchez. I'm from Mexico City, school Vikings, internationally. I think the Vikings equal their record and go 6-2 in the second half, finishing 12-4 and with a loss against the Seahawks and a bad loss against the Bears again. That will put them on the sixth seed. I think they're going to get a revenge game against the Packers at Lambeau Field. And my gut feeling is that Kirk Cousins is going to perform and is not going to let it escape those opportunities he let escape at Lambeau Field. Skull Vikings!
1: I mean, first of all, what a definitive prediction. I think we'll ride on a 70-passenger bus to Lambeau Field. I love it, Jose. What a What an all-time descriptive prediction I you know the only thing I would say is I I think it's a very positive outlook on the record I can see him getting there I hope you're right about Chicago because even if Chicago is a dumpster by that point of the season it would do wonders for the team and I think more importantly for the fan base to put them down. like I, I, That is that is going to be such a great opportunity for this team to walk in at the end of the season with something on the line, knowing how it ended last year, and have a chance to really change the conversation about the Chicago matchup.
2: Next one from Chris in Virginia.
5: This is CJ Collin from a small town of New River in good old Virginia. Good old Virginia. First time caller, long time listener. I have always wanted to say that. Regarding my record prediction in my heart of hearts, I would say 12 and 4. Seattle will be the toughest game left on the schedule, I think. I think we'll actually go in, go into overtime and beat them with a Kirk Cousins touchdown pass. Wow. And the storyline going into the playoffs will be Dalvin Cook in the MVP race and also with two, possibly three, primetime games won by the greatest team in the world. From there, we roll through the playoffs, go to Miami, and that's where I think that we beat the ever so indestructible New England Patriots 31-30. to And I cannot wait to see that play out. Skull Viking.
2: I want to I start this off with him saying first-time caller, long-time listener. That's a Mike Francesa Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody (laughs) knows. First time. (laughs) I just got to bring up the sports I want to start this out by
1: saying, sweet voice. (laughs) This is that's the best voice. Like I just when we when they play and when You got fans everywhere. Si, uh, they're everywhere. Ah, when I called into the radio station, I love it. (laughs) I love all time voice. The the only thing that I would say to pony on top of what he said, I, I think you could be in a position where this Seattle game you are staring, like, that could be a playoff game that early in the season, like, with that many games to play. If you get these next two, let's hope we get the Cowboys, if you get the Broncos, you're going to walk into Seattle and you're going to know... If I beat this team and then just do what I can the rest of the season, I own the tiebreaker against the Eagles. I own the tiebreaker against the Seahawks. I'm in a good position, so I I love that prediction, and I sure hope uh, I sure hope it happens in Seattle.
3: And there's a piece on that too, where if you beat Seattle on that Monday night, given the rest of their schedule, that could potentially dagger them for their playoff chances. Oh wow! Given that they have as many tough games as they do just thinking about the fact that they would then be almost in crisis mode going into those final games going, we have to win all of these. So that could be a really critical game, not only for Five or six seed, but even potentially higher for us.
1: Yeah, and it would also mean beating the guy who's probably gonna be the MVP on a Monday night game. So I appreciate that voicemail, Chris. Uh thank you. Who's next, Mr. Chris Corso?
2: The next one is that didn't Ant- sound anything like him. I just <laughs> did I turn I I into the oldest
1: that. cowboy in the world. You might have my, playing, you gained
2: like thirty six years right my there. wife hasn't <laughs> cleaned my boots in two days.
3: <laughs> we are playing at Dallas, so though. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, we're going to the big star. Play the next <laughs> have, voicemail. we have a a big-time voicemail coming from one of our frequent callers after this one. But first, let's hear from Andrew in Ohio. What a tease.
5: Hi, this is Andrew. I'm in Dayton, Ohio. I'm originally from Minnesota and have season tickets. I try to get home for five or six games a year. Awesome. Just wanted to answer the question on record. I think they're going to be the fifth seed in the NFC because if you look at the Packers' schedule, the only game that they're probably going to lose is to the Vikings, and they have to— the division record, so they'll win the NFC North. Hate to say it, but they'll go wild card. They'll be the, the fifth seed. Go play the fourth seed. Probably Dallas Cowboys take them, and we will we'll continue to roll all the way to Miami. Skull Vice.
2: I love the hope out A of these A lot of rolling
1: all the way to Miami. I, no matter what the answer is, like, I think we'll score 113 <laughs> points against Dallas, and then we'll score negative eight <laughs> against the Broncos, and I expect
2: us to roll into Miami. All right, I love it. This last caller, we're going to explain to Cy, who's new here. Um, I like Van, learning. He is Van from Dallas, Texas. He's the, mouth, the Vikings' mouth of the South. Okay. Very familiar with us here at the Vikings Entertainment Network. I think we're going to have Jay try to meet up with him down there. But we, let's listen to his voicemail yeah, first. Yeah, meet up with him, Jay.
6: Howdy, Vikings Nation. It's Viking Man in Fort Worth, Texas. The Vikings Mouth of the South. You guys have been great having me on. However, I also need to throw some mad love to your man behind the magic, Jay Nelson, who I know does his best to get this all the this fan up to Jay. And Jay, Ugh. I just want to say...
5: And I think to myself, what a wonderful world.
6: He does impressions?
1: <laughs> Little Louis Armstrong? Well,
6: surprise, surprise, surprise. It is a wonderful world, man. I'm sure it would be a more wonderful world if the Vikings could beat those darn Dallas cowboys this week. I didn't see this coming. And meet Kermit the Frog. No. Matthew McConaughey. No. Howard Cosell. No. Charles Barkley. You do all of those? at our tailgate this Sunday. I'm sure my pal Van will send you guys specifics uh, where we'll be hoisting some purple brews to the sky like me and Sergeant Carter like to do after a hard day's work in the Marines. I feel I have to tell the truth. And say that our Vikings will finish 10 and 6 and will get into the playoffs as the last wild card, but will regrettably lose to the hated Saints. All that being said, folks, skull Vikings, in our words to Jerry World. I
1: <laughs> love it. I'm a big impression guy. So that was an experience for yes. me. I enjoyed it a lot.
3: <laughs> that's the thing. So it's good. Does he call
1: every week every in a week different character?
3: In a different character, multiple, potentially multiple voices in, in it. In well, it. That, well, yeah, why, why would you do just one? <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. The reason why he brought all that up is literally all of those characters that he just talked about are all people he's done every single week a different one every week to answer the question.
1: Wow, and he also sucked up to Jay in Absolutely. the meantime. Uh, he did it all. He knows, how to, he knows how to keep his air time. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Thank you, Van. I've had a lot of fun here
2: today. Yeah, We're glad for Side joining us. He will be back next week, and the question next week is, the 2019 road schedule is full of great venues. What is your favorite road game to visit as a Vikings fan? We have a lot of good ones on there this year. Make sure to call the number 952- That's 952-918-8438. Leave us a voicemail. You'll hear from Cy. You'll hear from Jay Nelson. Um, and yours truly will have a good time with your fan voicemails. But for now, that'll do it for the Minnesota Vikings podcast. You'll catch the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. Thank you, Cy, for joining. It Thank was a you, pleasure si. to have you on. Yeah, this was Even fun. Even though you gave me some uh, some stuff here and there.
1: They call it deserved stuff. I, I it's will, called necessary. It's called deserved
2: I will, stuff. I will come more prepared next week to go right He'll back just come here you. in
1: a no-bullying t-shirt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See you guys I next week. I will be week. ready to go. See you guys next week.